This poster is probably familiar to all of us. It's Uncle Sam pointing and saying, I want you for the U.S. Army. Four million copies of this poster were circulated around World War I, trying to recruit people for the military. Well, the idea is, no matter where you stand in front of a poster, it looks like Uncle Sam is pointing at you. The finger kind of moves to where you're standing. Well, I became vocation director in 2001, so I need a poster. God wants you. And no matter where you are, I'm pointing at you. Well, here's one of the basic good news, pieces of good news. God is calling each one of us. There's nobody beyond the reach of God's call. And no matter our past, the Lord is calling us. I love that saying, every saint has a past, every sinner has a future, right? One thing I've always taken part in, in the call of the apostles, is Jesus doesn't come to Galilee and say, okay, who are the holiest men here? Who are the most educated? Who are the greatest leaders in Galilee? No, Jesus calls simple, ordinary fishermen, uneducated, sinners, weak people. Wow, all of us should take part in the call of the apostles that God calls us despite our weakness. Now, I can guarantee you this. When we begin to hear the call of the Lord to follow in our own lives, we know that the enemy, the devil, will try to dissuade us. And what is the only thing that the enemy can do? The only thing the devil can do is propose lies. He's the prince of lies. And so this is the only tactic the devil has, is he attacks us with lies and he sows doubt, discouragement. And so what are some of the lies he's going to make us think like, how could God really be calling me? I'm unworthy. I'm a sinner. Change is not really possible in my life. This is going to be too hard. There's no way I could do this. This all sounds too good to be true. There's so many lies the devil sows. I can attest to my own life when I began hearing the call to the priesthood. I had those same fears of my own life, feeling like I'm unworthy. God, you know all the sins I've committed in my life. How could I be called to be a priest? How could I? There's no way I could do all the things a priest is called to do. I don't even like to talk in front of people. That was one of my big fears. Well, God always provides the grace to do what he's asking. What is often our first response to the Lord? We run the other way. Okay. This is the story of Jonah. You know the story of Jonah? So God calls Jonah to go preach repentance to Nineveh. And so guess what Jonah does? He runs the other way. How many of us like to confront people? To have that prophetic voice to challenge people to return to fidelity to the covenant. So Jonah is like, are you kidding me? I'm not going to go run to a city and tell everybody to change their lives. He ran the other way. He boards his ship, a storm comes up, the people on board are like, hey, is somebody offending God here? Jonah is like, oh, 
leaving, they throw him overboard, he's swallowed by the whale. Here's an interesting detail in the story of Jonah that I learned just a few years ago from Dr. Grant Petrie, a scholar of the Old Testament. He says, Jonah actually dies in the belly of the whale. He said, if you read the story closely, Jonah has a prayer from the belly of the whale, and he's praying from Sheol, the realm of the dead. And so Jonah dies in the belly of the whale. The whale pops him up, and he's brought back to life. This is why Jesus tells the Pharisees, the only sign that will be given you is the sign of Jonah. What's the sign of Jonah related to the life of Jesus? Well, Jesus' death and resurrection. Jesus will die, but he will rise from the dead. Now, Jonah then is called a second time. God says, Jonah, I told you to go to Nineveh to preach repentance. Here's the good news. When we don't at first follow the call of the Lord, God will continue to call us. On Senior Mullen on our vocation retreats, he would always use the image. He says, it's kind of like trying to push a rubber ball into the water. What happens? The ball keeps bobbing to the surface. So pay attention in your own life. What keeps surfacing in your life? God is going to continue to call you. Now, Jonah finally heeds the call of the Lord. He goes to the Nineveh and preaches repentance. And the king and all the people, they declare a fast. They put on sackcloth and ashes. They repent, and God spares the city. Now, I always found it funny in this story that Jonathan is really upset. He wanted the city to be destroyed. He wanted the city to go up in flames, and so he's really upset that God doesn't destroy the city. Now, we should take delight when people change their lives, when they come to conversion. Jonah's the one who needed to be converted here, right? Well, what's the connection now between the story of Jonah and the Gospel? Remember, the first reading of the Gospel always linked up. It's this call to repentance. Making the decision to follow Jesus means repenting, making a radical reorientation of our lives, changing our lives. I was with Father Luke this week at a daily homily, and he said this. He said, so often, we have this attitude of, well, I'm trying to get God into my life. Like, okay, i got to squeeze time in for Mass. I know we have all these sports tournaments, and uh, let's, try to fit, let's try to fit Mass in. Or let's try to fit five minutes of prayer into my day, and we're constantly just trying to fit God into my life. Whereas repentance is this radical reorientation. I'm not just trying to fit God into my life. I'm trying to center my life around God. I'm trying to live my life in God. I was really blessed this week to meet with a young man who's searching. He's not Catholic. And he said to me, he said, you know, I grew up a Christian. I always believed in Jesus. But he said it wasn't about until about two years ago that I really began living for Jesus. That I began centering my life around Him. That's the call of repentance. To reorient our lives around Christ. Think about the call now of those fishermen, Peter and Andrew, James and John. Okay, as fishermen, they're fishing 
largely, of course, to provide for themselves. Certainly, they're eating some of the fish they caught, and then they're selling some of the fish they catch to provide for themselves and their family. And their, their lives are largely centered around their own sustenance. And Jesus is calling them, let go of your nets and become a part of something much bigger to become fishers of men and to begin recruiting men and women for the kingdom of God. To be a part of something much bigger than just seeking your own sustenance. The way Monsters von Balthasar talks about this, he says, we, most of us, live in what he calls the ego drama. But he says, God is calling us to something much larger, to be a part of the theo drama. See, the ego drama is my own little world, where I'm the star of the show, my life is just about me, everything revolves around me. And God is calling us to be a part of something much bigger, a part of his drama, where God is the director of the show. We all have a part to play. We're all called to be a part of something much bigger than our own little selfish interests in our own little small worlds. This is where we're called to this radical reorientation, to let go of our nets, to let go of just seeking our own interests and becoming a part of something so much bigger, to be a part of the church and to be disciple makers. All of us, ultimately are called to be fishers of men and women, to draw people into the kingdom of God and to be a part of God's 